0: It is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. I give a tip of the cap to my man, Trevor Ploof, and all of his buddies who welcomed me with semi-open arms to their fantasy football draft last night. I don't know if I was a co-manager, a consultant, or just a pain in the ass, but thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun.
1: All the guys loved having you and, you know, they didn't let on too much, but they were very excited to have you there. They texted me about it afterwards. Um, Our draft report card, because you did help me because or you and Brady helped me your son, Brady. Yeah, we were probably the brain behind him. the operation. Yeah. Uh, so don't tell him this, but we got a D plus, D? I believe, on our, our draft report card. Well Good. Which doesn't mean anything.
0: No, because it doesn't mean anything. shit, by the way. They're
1: horse. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, they're all projection-based bad models, so um doesn't matter. But I like our team.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's fun. There's a lot of what-ifs. You play a fascinating um, style of fantasy football. No tight end. No. You can draft the tight end and put him in one of your two flexes, and no kicker. So yeah. I found it all very interesting. I enjoyed it a lot. One guy was not happy that I was there. Um, but that's NFL funny.
1: Network, Chris Rowe, that's a ringer.
0: Yeah, I was like, no, you haven't seen me play fantasy football. I suck. So, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Although, God, you wanted to take. um, Who'd you want to take? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. You wanted to take him in like the third round. I'm like, dude, he's on the the fourth
1: or fifth round. I I wish I would have.
0: Yeah, he's on the he's on the going to be on the inactive list for the first month of the season. All right, let's get to a little baseball. If you don't mind an amazing effort by Alex Cobb. We are sitting there and we start getting alerts on our phone at your fantasy football draft, I'm like, I think Alex Cobb's got a no-hitter through seven, and we look, he's at 99 pitches. Then he throws another 14 in the eighth, and we're like, wow, does he have a chance? Well, after the way the eighth inning ended, and then the way the ninth inning started, we thought, maybe there's a chance. Slater coming in, and he dies. Slater takes a hit away from Will Benson, and everything is intact thanks to this. Looking for fastballs. Hit out to right center field and a base hit. So Spencer Steer spoils the party. And. These Giants fans are going to give Cobb a standing ovation as they should. I mean, what a night out there by the Bay. And I thought when Slater made that catch in the eighth, I was like, we're on to something here, right? You've seen, we've seen great catches in either perfect games like Dwayne Wise as a defensive replacement for Burley. Um, God, who was it that made the great catch when Zimmerman threw the perfect game? Oh, it was. Oh my God. I'm totally
1: Austin Jackson.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, God, he shit now. I'm...
1: Dan says yeah. Souza.
0: Yeah, that's exactly who it was. Souza. Yeah, Steven Souza. Uh, I think Juan Nieves threw a no hitter for the Brewers in the late 80s, and Robin Yount made a diving catch to finish it. So I was like, holy shit, we're onto something here. So, how bad did you feel that he couldn't quite finish the job?
1: Especially with two outs, that's the thing. You know, He goes into the ninth inning, 113 pitches, so we're looking at that. But once you get put out there for the ninth, you're going to finish it, unless you Mm -hmm. walk two or three guys or something like that. First pitch, one out. It seemed like he was going to get done. And then, you know, there's just hit the ball hard in the right spot. Yeah, Matos, I don't know if he took a great route to that. That's not really his fault. It was uh, a, a great outing by Cobb, uh, something that, you know, he's been doing all season long. He's had a really good year. Uh, unfortunately for him, that broke up the shutout too, which I always yeah. look at like if you can still have a shutout, that's still nice. Uh, that broke up the shutout as well as he walked, I believe, the hitter before. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely, you know, I don't think I should get the tip of the cap. I think the tip of the cap should go to Cobb and, you know, his effort that he put out last night. Cause it was pretty special. And it was cool to do that, you know, with all the guys there showing the no hitter and we're all kind of rallying for it to happen, but it didn't.
0: And it was big for the giants. You know, we talked about it the day before when Kyle Harrison threw that, you know, they they're finally filling out their rotation. Usually when you look at their schedule over the next week, it's, you know, starter, starter, TBD, mm-hmm. starter, TBA, you know, that's how they've had to go through business pretty much the second half of the year but now they're able to fill out that rotation which is good for them on a personal note you know i always thought alex cobb was a stud when he was with tampa and really dependable pitcher then he went through some rough times in baltimore um injuries didn't pitch well rediscovered it kind of with the angels a little bit in the last three years he's had a sub four era he's been pretty dependable i'm I'm happy for him but you know what's amazing? He's only thrown two playoff games in his entire career.
1: Yeah, you know, and he's, he's, um, I think about to approach, oh, no, I guess not. He threw more innings in 2017. I thought he was going to get to a max amount of uh, his most innings pitched at age 35. That'd be a really cool story. First All Star game this year, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's a good dude, uh, a guy that works hard, you know, has made adjustments. Um, has been down, he's been out, he's been up, he's been good. You know, it's kind of... He's had a long career, dude.
0: Yeah. And he always had a, a fascinating delivery. It always looked Let's, like his left leg yeah. couldn't, couldn't bend.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got that leg. thing. Let's guess career salary really quick. Ooh. Career earnings.
0: Well, he got that juicy contract in Baltimore. Then he's had a couple of short deals out west. I am going to say... 91 million.
1: 88 million with a ten million dollar team option next year, which will surely be picked up by
0: her. Okay, hey, well, that wasn't a terrible guess. No. Although Good I went him. over I went over, so I don't win both showcases. By the way, my brother sent me the funniest text the other day. You know, about legendary Bob Barker. Yeah. The uh rest in peace, Bob Barker. 99 years old. My brother sends me the text he goes. Bob Barker wins closest to 100 without going mm-hmm. over.
1: Yeah, I saw it. a lot of people are saying that's good.
0: <laughs> thought that was that was pretty good. Yeah, that was early. It was early. So that was nice. Uh, let's move on to one of Cobb's old teams, the Angels. Jeff Passon was the first one to report that the Halos put many of the names that they acquired at the trade deadline on waivers. That means Giolito, Lopez, Grichik. Also, they put on Renfro, Matt Moore, Dominic Leone. Does this decision make you look at the organization in a different light? that we are waving the white flag and maybe the fact that we went for it and it didn't work out makes us look like idiots.
1: No, I mean, they're just trying to get anything. They're trying to recoup anything they can from that deadline and, and do a bunch of different things. And, you know, I think if we look back on it now, in hindsight, you could say, sure, yeah, you should have traded Shohei. Uh, you should have traded every anybody. You shouldn't have brought players in. You should have pushed players out. But at the time... They were still trying to go for it. They were in the thick of the race. They were, you know, they wanted to keep Shohei. this was the, the, they thought this was the best case scenario for them. And I applauded them. I think most of the baseball world did as well. Like, okay, cool. This is awesome. Go for it. Seven and 17. Since the trade deadline will train, will change your mind. Uh, torn UCL for Shohei will change your mind. Mike Trout on the IL will change your mind. They're out of it. They're not in contention. So this is, this is what they have to do. Um, they're going to try to, to shed some payroll. um, which will do a couple different things. It could bring them under the first level of the CBT um, tax, if you will. And that'll get them a better pick uh, when they lose Shohei. And they'll save some money. So like this, they're out of it they know that the white flag has been waved for them. So they're just trying to recoup anything they can. And I I don't fault them for doing this. I think it's going to make also for some interesting topics the next couple of days, but I don't fault them for doing this and I don't fault them for going for it. If you fault them for going for it, you're just talking in hindsight at this point.
0: Mm -hmm. You're right, because it is about the process. Sometimes the results don't always work out in sports or in business or just in life in general. It's always about, I think you do need to talk about the process. And although I have been steadfast in my opinion that they should have traded Otani, I've said that the entire year, right? I don't blame them because I remember Perry Manassian saying, I can put my head on the pillow at night and feel good about the decision. And it, and he should. I personally probably wouldn't have made that decision, but I understand what he was doing. So I can't get mad at the Angels for doing that. If all of these guys get claimed, and then they're not all going to get claimed, but if they do... The Angels are going to save $7 million and you are right on the bookkeeping because right now if Otani leaves and they don't get below that first threshold, then they're going to get a pick after the fourth round. I mean, can you imagine that? The greatest talent in the history of the sport leaves town and here, congratulations, here's your extra fourth round pick. So at least now it would come after the B round or whatever that thing is, right? This after the second round. So it helps them out. It could be 60 or 70 selections where you move up the draft board. All right, good. Now the key is you got to hit on that draft pick. So I understand it. I don't look at them any differently. It just feels messy. And I think that they're going to get a lot of national grief because people are going to focus on the result instead of the process.
1: Well, I mean – this is right in front of them this is their best option i i just don't understand how you can fault them for this
0: well because of because it's just another layer in yeah. failure that's why so sure you i i don't think it's fair with it, the grief that they're going to get to be honest with you cuz everybody'll just look at it as a continued shit show right they make all these moves they can't win any games show ter- they wouldn't
1: really be wrong about that but like once you make decisions you have to make the best decision of what's in front of you and that's what they're doing now
0: yeah yeah i wonder at the time i i wish there had been some sort of poll taken do you agree with the angels going all in what the percentages would have been Yeah, i mean i, I would think have everyone voted no. was happy
1: for it everyone happy. was happy for it but you you know i, I think you in particular and a lot of people who follow the game were like, "Yeah, I don't know. You should try to get as much from Shohei as possible, but this was their best chance to keep him. So I, it was a tricky situation, man. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I wouldn't want to be, I didn't want to be in his shoes and I wouldn't have wanted to be in his shoes. Talking about Perry there.
0: Could you imagine if somebody traded a ton for Shohei? Excuse me. Bless Pardon you. me. Thank you. Could you imagine if somebody traded a ton for Shohei and he ends up with that partial tear of the ligament? Ooh. That would have been rough. That would have been not pretty. Not pretty at all. You know what is pretty? Mm. Alley Sports is the home of your local baseball coverage, right? They cover the Angels. They cover the Brewers. That's Twins. how fans up in Milwaukee. Tigers. Marlins. A whole bunch of teams. Twins. 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 Yeah, you get to me. See Trevor Plu. There's just one thing with the new pitch clock which has really improved the game, right? The tempo's better, faster pace. We love it. We love it. There's just been one problem in the pitch clock era. There's no time to drink those big old tall boys anymore. Shorter games call for shorter beers, and with these shorter games, Bally Sports is having a short boy summer. That's right. They created this thing, an 8.4-ounce can of delicious baseball beer. You know what? It's crisp. Ah, it's refreshing. Mm. The can is stubby yet substantial and only available in select markets. So shorter games mean shorter beers. It's time for your short boy summer. Watch shorter games on Bally Sports and streaming on the Bally Sports app. And if you're a Twins fan, you'll get to see my man, Trevor Plou. When's the next time you're doing that, by the way?
1: Uh... Next week, early next week. I think they're still playing. Are they playing the Guardians again?
0: Yes. Yeah, they play six times in nine games. By then we will know back in it. Well, that's the thing. They got to win this afternoon. And then then they go their separate ways over the weekend and then they reconvene in Cleveland next week. We'll know by we'll know by the middle of next week whether it's officially over. Okay. All right. So we just talked about those half dozen guys that the Angels put on waivers. Uh, give me the perfect landing spot For one of those dudes
1: Okay There's a bunch of different Perfect landing spots If you And you really have to talk about Who can grab these guys Right now I mean look I have a question for you Before we get into it Are the Guardians going to grab Any of these guys?
0: I don't think so So for people that are unfamiliar With the waiver claim Here's how it works By Thursday You put in a waiver claim If you're a team And you get awarded, the order is determined by reverse order of record. So the Oakland A's will be up first. They're not going to take on salary at this point for what? An extra win over the last month of the season? That's not going to happen. So you have to start looking kind of in the middle of the pack. Those are the teams that are in playoff contention. Does a starting pitcher help our depth? Do we need bullpen help? Are we a little banged up in the outfield? And so that's the way you do it. And you get awarded that player. You just pick up his salary. You don't have to give up anything in return. It's strictly a salary dump by the Angels, and you get it. It's an amazing system this year. It used to be different when there was a waiver claim trade deadline, and that was that was done differently.
1: Yeah, this is strictly just money. But my point is, with the Guardians, you got you're always telling me there's innings limits. You got a bunch of rookies there, mm-hmm. and there's guys like Lito. There's guys like Clevenger that could come in and just eat innings for you at a million point three for the rest of the year
0: yeah i'm gonna guess that i know the guardians pass... are
1: cheap but
0: well i'm gonna guess that they'll pass on the clevenger deal
1: <clears throat> that's i guess that's true <laughs> i forgot I probably now the giolito
0: one <clears throat> uh they just dfa'd Syndergaard. they now have essentially five well though cal quantrell's coming back but he has not pitched well all year Uh, And Gavin Williams hurt his knee last night. I don't think it's too severe, but we'll see. I I just don't see it. I think that they're going to say, well, whatever it is, it is this year. I don't see it.
1: Yeah, so as of right now, the Marlins, of the contending teams, I'm taking the Padres out. I'll take the Guardians out. um, I wouldn't put anything
0: past the Padres, by the way. I wouldn't.
1: (laughs) They're seven and a half games out. The Nationals are also seven and a half games out. So, like, I, I don't know, man. We'll see. In my mind, the Marlins are the first team that will pick some somebody here. And they are locked in of the contending teams as the first pick. The team behind them is the Reds. They're locked in with the second choice. And then after that, it's a it's a free-for-all. It could all change based on what happens in tonight's game. So I'll right. give my perfect landing spot would be one of or both of Giolito and Clevenger going to the Reds. I, they they've needed starting pitching this entire year uh-huh. uh, to be able to get one or two of these guys to look. I know they haven't had the greatest year, although Clevenger's year is has he's had a pretty dang good year. And uh-huh. Giolito has a track record, and you could you feel like if you put him in the right situation, he can give you a good run there. So I think that would be my perfect landing spot. I think Matt Moore to my Twins will be a perfect landing. Great, right. uh, they need some bullpen help, and especially uh, of the left handed variety. I think the Marlins so the way it works too, Chris, is I I believe that the Marlins can take everyone if they wanted to. It's not just a one-off. Correct. They could pick everyone. You just have to create the roster space and take on the money. So I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. It doesn't seem to me like they need starters. So I think they'll probably take some bullpen guys. They probably they might take Matt Moore and Ronaldo Lopez and just stick them out there. And then that will leave Chiliote and Clevenger for the Reds, and I think honestly that I think they might take them both.
0: Right. The key is you have to clear forty man space. Yes. That and that's not as easy as it sounds. We sit here and we go, well, hold on. There's only twenty six guys on a roster, but you
1: can at this point, Chris. It's easier now because you could just transfer guys to the sixty day, and that opens a spot. So you don't have to designate anybody. You could just transfer guys. Say he's say a guys past his innings limits, or you're like, right. Hey, we're just going to shut you down 60 day, and you have a spot.
0: Yes, that is easier, but there are some teams that have already done that with guys, so you're running out of dudes to put on a 60 day possibly. But you're right, that's a that's certainly a maneuver. The team that certainly could benefit the most, in my opinion, is the one that will not even get close to any of these guys, and that's Baltimore because of the injury to Bautista, Lopez would be phenomenal. He's been really good with the Angels. He's got 19 strikeouts in fewer than 12 innings. He's been excellent. So he's going to get snatched up well before that. Miami's going to take him. You mentioned um the Twins certainly could use him. So he's he's a goner and he really doesn't make much money. He's going he's not going to cost you. He's not even going to cost you close to a million bucks for the rest of the way. So he's he's a goner. Matt Moore's out. He doesn't get past his old team in Texas right now with all the bullpen issues that they've had. Not at all. Is there any way that people pass on Giolito and he gets all the way to the Dodgers? I don't think no. so. I don't know. So I,
1: I think that those, all these guys are going to go, the pitchers won't make it past the Giants. So I yeah. think there's, I mean, there's the. Marlins, the Reds, the Red Sox, which we'll see how they are feeling about their season. They're six and right. a half games back. Uh, the Twins will surely take some bullpen help. The Giants need starting pitching. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it. Harrison Bader see- a fun one because yeah. he's a guy that's, you know, is a really good outfield defender, can hit lefties. Uh, Hunter Renfro is another, you know, once you start getting and you're thinking about the postseason, uh, a a nice defensive outfield to put in at the end of a game uh, is something that a lot of teams value. Both those guys can play that role. Plus, they have good splits against left-handers, and you know what you're going to get with Renfro. I think the Twins might pick up a Hunter Renfro and designate like Luplo or Gallo or someone like that and just add him to the bench outfield mix. I think that could happen.
0: Yeah, that's interesting thing is is that hunter renfro if you go look at his war it's like 0.2 or something but you know what you're going to get
1: with it you know what you're going to No, i understand i understand you're
0: going to get a guy who connects on a 450 foot homer and can throw the ball you know to the moon Mm -hmm. but you're also going to get a lot of other strikeouts and things like that but you're right i mean all those guys should get picked up they just they all should you know you're talking about getting a a mulligan at the trade deadline without having to give up anything except Roster space and money. The reason I wanted to see Giolito go to the Dodgers was look at what they've done with his buddy Lance Lynn. And I think it would be great for Lucas to kind of end the season on a high note heading into free agency before the age of 30. But that's just me. A bunch of big injury news from Tuesday. Bo Bichette ends up on the injured list with a quad. Matt McClain to the Reds also on the injured list with an oblique issue. Uh, Jaron Duran, he is done for the year with toe surgery. He had a really, really nice year for the Boston Red Sox. Biggest bummer of those three.
1: Oh, shoot. I think it's got to be Matt McClain with the oblique. Because I really believe he's kind of been, I don't want to say the heart and soul. That's so cliche. But I feel like he's been that. He's been like, you know, a centerpiece for them all year. And obliques are tricky you know, Duran, you know, you're out, that stinks. And quads are also a big deal, especially when you got legs like Bo Bichette, nice legs, he does. But the oblique thing is different because you can't rush that back. And that's like a, it's like a four-week thing. Probably need a little bit longer than that if we're being honest and we just don't really have that much time. It's, we have basically four weeks left of the regular season and the playoffs, so it's, I don't want to say it's season ending, but it's, Probably season, regular season ending, and they're going to need him because they're still on the outside looking in right now. So I think that's probably the biggest bummer just because of what he's meant. Rookie year, you have this upstart team and you want to be part of it all the way through. And now you have this and it's just, again, an oblique is such a nasty injury for baseball and for anybody. It's just hard to come back from. You really, really have to rest it. or start compensating, other things get hurt, when you can pull it again. There's a bunch of things that can happen. So I'll say McLean is the biggest bummer.
0: I'm right in the uh, same shopping aisle with you. I, he's, we focus so much on L.A. De La Cruz because he's such a unique talent and physically 6'5", 200 pounds in the middle infield. You know, you look at him, you're like, whoa, crazy. But Matt McLean. Kid's different. Dude, he is a bona fide stud. He um he leads a team in OPS. He was well on his way to a four and a half war season, which for a rookie, that's damn good. I mean, they are they're locked and loaded. And of all these young guys that they're going to build around, that's the guy who you're going to who's going to be the most important player for them, and you'll never notice. And that says something. He's just a dude that after a while, you, you, know, you look up, he goes two for four on the night, makes some solid defensive plays, he's just going to be running your infield for the next decade.
1: Where do you think Matt McLean ranks on the Reds as far as baseball reference war? First, yes. Where do you think Ellie Daily Cruz ranks?
0: Very low. I don't think he's even a one more player right now.
1: Not even in the top twelve, Chris. Yeah,
0: I know. Crazy
1: because we everybody well, talks to Ellie,
0: but that's because physically he's such a freak. No, he's I know. Twenty one, but... like we get it. I think this has been a great learning year for him. I think he will take a lot from this from being a big leaguer for the last three and a half months of his season. And he'll realize how hard it is. And he'll realize where he has to get better and more consistent. Before you, you know, I was talking to the AMP audience before you jumped on today. And he's got over 100 strikeouts. He's striking out more than one every three plate appearances. Not at bats, plate appearances. It's rough. So Matt McClain, I think his season might be done. That really sucks. Uh, today's episode of Baseball Today is presented to you by our friends over at Manscaped. This is a public service announcement. If you didn't already know, Manscaped now sells beard products. woof open your ears. The two of us I can listen it. to this. Yeah. Okay. So we know about Manscaped. They're the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Well, they have changed the game with their beer, Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Now they're going to step further with the brand-new Handyman. That's an electric face shaver for a quick and convenient way to achieve a clean shaven look. So whether you're looking to sharpen up your neckline or give your face that smooth finish, the handyman has got you covered. Hey, handyman, get on over here. So if you're like us, you know that shaving can be a bit of a hassle. But the handyman is the perfect compact tool that we can take with us wherever we go, achieve the clean shaven look without all of the effort. And right now, get 20% off and free shipping with the code baseball today. That's at manscape.com. That is 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com. When you use the code baseball today, hit the refresh button with your friends at Manscaped. All right, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, whose hat I am donning on today's show, have been on quite a roll. Five more big flies last night, including. The 299th of the outstanding career of one Bryce Harper. He's been lighting it up, folks, in the month of August. He is red hot. And it sounds like he has a local to thank. I was driving in today and, you know, I'm listening to WIP like I do a lot. Um, the 2 o'clock hour. And uh, a guy named Chuck called in. He calls in a lot of slayers. <laughs> Uh, but I said, uh, you know, he was talking about our team and talking about me and stuff. And um, I walked in the training room. I was like, I'm going to go deep tonight for Chuck. Uh, <laughs> that guy had me fired up, man. But Bryce, you know what I mean? Earned his strike here. He wanted to be a Philly when he first came to the league. He's a Philadelphian, man. And I want to see Bryce win a ring. He deserves it, man. He's, He's going he to get it, Chuck. Way to go, Chuck see fans you can impact a player at a game he hit it for you chuck
1: i i loved it and i didn't know we were talking about it first and i listened i actually listened to the chuck's whole call yeah and it was great dude yeah i mean i think it's really funny to think about bryce harper driving into the stadium and listening to local radio just to see the pulse of the the fan base i guess that's what he's doing uh I never used to do that. <laughs> no, but the thing is, here's the thing. Here's the thing about players, and I'm gonna let you in on a little secret of mm. ball players. Uh, when things are going right, you tend to not block out the noise. You tend to take in the noise quite a bit. And like, oh, okay, you have a good game. You might turn on a uh, MLB Network, or you might listen to baseball today. The next day, because you know the endorsements are going to be ringing. But then. When you're slumping, you ain't listening to nothing. You're blocking out all the noise. So it depends on how good you're doing, how good the season is going. Uh, And that's when you'll listen or look at stuff. Because, you know, if you go out there and you're performing poorly, you don't need to read all that stuff. That's just bad. That's bad mentals, bro. But when the positivity is coming in, you can thicken some of that.
0: Uh, Do you think that most players today read their mentions?
1: It depends on the night. I'm telling you. Like, if you got a bad night, you might scroll a few a few times down. You're like, uh, I'm done with that. Uh, if you have a good night, yeah, you read them.
0: So a guy like Bryce
1: Harper or whoever has like a, a ton of followers might be hard to see them all. But
0: yeah, it w- it was interesting. Trevor May, um, when he was in his first year with the Mets, I think the game was in San Francisco, and he had a really bad night. It's it San Francisco or Philly, wherever it was. But we talked to him a couple days later on the Rose Rotation. Hey, you know, Trevor's a big social media guy. I said, well, how bad did it get? He goes, Chris, I couldn't even get on my mentions. There were so many people blowing me up. And I was like, ooh, that's rough. He's like, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't even read all the negativity. It was like shut down my Twitter for the night. So, yeah, I'm old enough to remember when they used to call it Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, Twitter, that's so silly. Yeah. I love it when um I love it when guys listen to local. I'll, especially WIP, WIP. That ain't an easy one to listen to. The Philly no. fans they can get a little ferocious out there, but I love it that Chuck was just heaping the praise on Bryce Harper. I think this has been such a win relationship for him. And you know what, we're I don't even want to get into it cuz we're going to talk more about it when he hit does hit number 300 cuz that'll be a nice milestone for him. He's been He's been awesome. He seems very comfortable. With where and he his
1: is. contract is a steal, isn't he? Making twenty eight a year.
0: I think on average that's what yeah. it is. Uh, I don't know what the particular numbers are year to year. Let's let's see. Here.
1: I think it's twenty eight a year, and then at the end, I think it goes down. I am pretty sure.
0: That's what it's. If I remember correctly, you are correct. So this year he made twenty seven. Now he's got twenty seven. Uh the next one, two, three, four. Five, and then the last three It's 23 Ages 36, 37, 38 That's the way you structure one of those long term deals People Holy shit
1: When he signed there I didn't think like wow that's a lot of money Even though it is it was It's 13 years 300 or something like that mm-hmm. I was like that's a lot of, That's a long That's a long time 13 yep. but he's only going to be 38 Mm-hmm. What? That's like seriously going to look. It's going to turn out. People say there's no good deals after seven years. Bullshit. This is going to this is a great
0: deal for the Phillies. And even if he's not super productive, like I said, we've we've gone too much down this road already. But even if he's not super productive, Bryce Harper production on the field, what he's going to mean to some of those guys. The face of the franchise. Yeah. Just everything about it. All right, we're back at it again on Thursday. I don't know if we're going to go at 11 or 11.30 Eastern if you want to join us live on the Amp app, which you should do every day. Download it on your iPhone. Be a part of the discussion. You could be like Chuck from Philly, and you could fill Trevor Plouffe's head with all these lavish ideas of how wonderful he is. Or you could yell at us, which is perfectly fine as well. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe and his entire fantasy football family, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.